Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Well, it's certainly a big week in Ole Miss athletics. Hello, everyone. I'm David Johnson, along with your co-host, Dave Bevan, and welcome to the Rebel Rise Live podcast. A lot going on in Oxford, Mississippi this week. Of course, there is the NCAA Regional Tournament, which gets underway on Friday at Swayze Field. How about the remainder, most of the remainder, of the 2016 Ole Miss signing class? is now on campus, first official team function uh, this evening, a team meeting. Summer workouts will get underway in earnest on Thursday for the entire Ole Miss roster as these freshmen, a couple of junior college transfers, spend the next couple of days getting acclimated. So that's good news. Also, Ole Miss set to start hosting their summer camp series this week. There will be half-day camps on Wednesday and Thursday for high school players. And then Friday, the all-important and always fun to cover Ole Miss Elite Camp, where their top prospects will be in town, uh, on the calendar for this week as well. And Dave Bevan and I have been scratching our head all week. Okay, what are we going to do? Are we going to, uh, you know, we've got to cover this Ole Miss Elite Camp and the NCAA regional tournament, all at the same time. But uh, but Dave and I, we're, we're, we're kind of magic like that. We'll figure it out one way or the other. But um, lots going on in this little hamlet of Oxford, Mississippi, uh, the least of which is certainly not the NCAA investigation into the Ole Miss football program, the story that just won't go away and likely won't until late, late summer or early fall. There's a lot of ways to take the information that we learned on Friday. I think a lot, I think it's fair to say this, Dave, a lot of Ole Miss fans feel like it was worse than what they were led to believe. Mm -hmm. Led by whom? Led by the media, perhaps? Led by the uh, Ole Miss administration? But I I beg to differ a little bit on that. Uh, Yeah, there were probably more serious quote-unquote, level one allegations than what was anticipated. But you really have to have to dig into those and read the fine print. And the thing to keep in mind all this is the thing that matters. This is kind of like making, uh, making sausage. It's not a pretty process, but what matters is what comes out as the end result in all of this. And there is still no reason to believe that the Ole Miss football program will not be healthy once all of this has passed. Hugh Free spoke out on the matter, or spoke on the matter, from Destin, Florida on Monday, for the first time since uh, Ole Miss kind of yanked the curtain back on all of these allegations and its subsequent response. 
He spoke with ESPN's Chris Lowe from Destin, where the SEC spring meetings are going on. And, and, and Freeze's quote, right off the bat, he said, the first thing I would say is that I own it. He says, he goes on to say that's part of it when you're the head coach. You take the good with the bad. But there's a but, he goes on to say. He said, but there's a big difference between making mistakes in recruiting and going out there with the intent to cheat. I don't have any information that anybody on my staff has been involved in any illegal payments to players or offering any inducement to players. And if I did have that information, I would fire them flat out. And that goes back to what we've been saying the entire time. Listen, this is serious business. Anywhere along the way that Ole Miss felt someone currently on their staff was going to be a detriment to the to to them in dealing with the NCAA. Listen, that guy would have packed his bags long ago and been out the door. You want evidence? Adrian Wiggins and his women's basketball staff. Gone. Former track coach. Gone. If any of these football coaches would have had their hand, quote unquote, in the cookie jar regarding these NCAA allegations, and Freeze did not believe that it was an innocent mistake. They'd have been gone, too. And it probably wouldn't as much have been Hugh Freeze's decision as it would have been the administration's decision. Keep in mind this, too. 20 of those 28 allegations were uncovered and reported by Ole Miss compliance. Not the NCAA. So from a cooperation standpoint, excuse me, it certainly looks like the NCAA had that on the part of Ole Miss. Now, there are some level one allegations aimed at some current Ole Miss assistants, but you tend to think those may be reduced by the Committee on Infractions before the final penalties are handed out. So there you have it in a nutshell. I mean, it's been festering now for going on 72 hours. 96 hours, actually. Nobody feels good about it. But at the same time, I think it's uh, it's not the doomsday scenario, and I'll stand by that, that many have painted and continue to paint for the Ole Miss program. I digress. Dave, your thoughts? You know, David, uh, after reading the, the notice of allegations uh, last week, uh, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, I look through uh, each uh, allegation uh, that uh, in, inside the documents, and uh, there, there's nothing that came as a surprise. I mean, a lo- as you mentioned, 20 out of the 28 of these, uh, allegations had been uncovered by Ole Miss. Um, you know, to paint the picture that it, it is just NCAA versus Ole Miss all the way, I mean, that is completely inaccurate. Ole Miss has been working with the NCAA for, uh, you know, all these years to, you know, work with them in, in these findings. I mean, the university came out and said on Friday that they spent over $1.5 million in this investigation over 250 plus interviews, over 10,000 documents 
uh, recovered and, and reviewed through, throughout this entire process. And, you know, um, as, as you mentioned, David, uh, the, the level one, uh, that is the, the thing that is most concerning, I would say, from, from the Ole Miss fan perspective. Uh, inside the, the football, uh, you know, allegations, there are eight level one uh, potential violations uh, that the NCAA reported. Now, to understand that, though, Ole Miss is in their response. Uh, as you mentioned, they, they are wanting uh, these level one violations reduced. And how that works is everybody thinks, you know, of course, you know, the, the level one, level two, level three, and level four violations. Inside the level one and level two violations, there's three different levels of those violations. Uh, the, the worst being in a level one violation is aggravated. That, that's the most severe violation. Then there is standard, which is right in the middle. And then there's mitigated, which is the, the, the worst within those levels. If, for example, and, and Ole Miss is warning, a lot of these violations within the notice of allegations mitigated, what a mitigated level one violation is, for an example, if that is ruled mitigated, it is equal to a standard level two violation. And that's good information right there for sure. But what you're having, just in, in a nutshell, you're talking about eight level one infractions out of 13 that have been aimed at the football program. Ole Miss rolling out their self-imposed punishments. That's up to the NCAA and this mitigation process as to whether or not the NCAA will accept, reduce, or add on. They're not going to reduce. I guarantee you that. But you're talking about 11 football scholarships, three over the course of the next three years. Recruiting suspensions for two assistant coaches, which some have has already taken place. We know Chris Kiffin wasn't on the road last spring as part of this. Reduction of recruiting evaluation opportunities. What does that mean? That means you're not going to have as many official or unofficial visits for prospects. Does that matter? Not really. To be honest with you, they hardly use their allotted amount anyway. And generally speaking, when you're talking about unofficial visits, such as uh, games in the fall, where you may have 100 prospects on the sideline, listen, Ole Miss is probably recruiting maybe a dozen out of that 100. The rest of them are high school players who may be way down on the board or something like that. That's not going to really have a major effect. This association with one organization and four individuals, we've learned now that association, that organization, uh, has to do with FCA in Memphis, which, by the way, the gentleman involved in this entire thing, who is the FCA officer in Memphis, has come out vehemently in defense of Ole Miss football coach Maurice Harris, who has been implicated in this with a level one charge. And he's come out publicly in a very good article written by Parrish Alford, the Tupelo Daily Journal. I encourage you to uh, to click over there and read what Parrish wrote after interviewing 
this gentleman from Memphis and how he says, look, Maurice Harris did nothing wrong and he wants to vindicate him. So credit to Ole Miss. Now, I've heard Ole Miss criticized a lot during this whole process about, oh, they're setting on their hands. They're letting the, the narrative run wild. Well, they're smart enough to know there's nothing they can do about the narrative. Nothing you can do about the narrative. I mean, you have the Dan Walkins of the world who uh, are, are from a holier-than-thou pulpit who are going to continue to bludgeon Ole Miss every opportunity that they have. That's going to happen. There's nothing Ole Miss could say, do, or could have said or done that would have changed that. People like sensationalized stuff. That's the world we live in. The negative headlines get the clicks. You all know that. But Ole Miss not rolling over and playing dead. As if you read their response to the notice of allegations closely, they're taking up for their guys. Hugh Freeze standing by his guys, which impresses me. And I can appreciate that. There's been no one thrown under the bus for a matter of convenience by Ole Miss. And you should be proud of your administration for that. Because it probably would have made things a lot easier had that been their stance, but it's not. So the, this whole deal out there about Ole Miss needing to do more, needing to have teeth, uh, not buying it. I think they've handled this thing as well as it could possibly be handled. There'll probably have to be an element of forgiveness uh, from the fan base, considering I get when some Ole Miss fans say, oh, I think they misled us, they, they didn't tell us it was this bad. I understand that. But you also have to understand the arena that Ole Miss is working in with this and how very limited what they can say. And that's the bottom line. Surprised Hugh Freeze Free spoke to ESPN regarding this on Monday. There's a story up on the front page of Rebels 247 if you want to read his comments, what he told Chris Lowe of ESPN from Sunny Destin, where the SEC spring meetings are taking place this week. So we're back to that hurry up and wait. You know a lot more than you did. We'll just have to see. Now the whole Laramie Tunsil draft night nightmare. I've been asked a hundred times about it and, and, and my answer is still the same. I do not think that's going to grow legs. But it is being looked at. Can't say it's not being looked at. If you're an Ole Miss fan and you have a feeling of uh, nausea, rightfully so. This sucks. Absolutely sucks. But at the same time, anybody that's ever had a stomach bug knows eventually it's going to get better. And that's what it is. It's a stomach bug. It's not cancer. It's a stomach bug. And fortunately, it's in the ending throws. It's out there. Everybody to talk about and everybody to examine and form their own opinion. But remember, the end of the day, 
The only thing that matters is the end result, not the process. So hang in there, old Miss fan. It's going to be a, a long, hot, interesting summer without a doubt. But things are moving on as usual, as we mentioned. Camp week starts this week at Ole Miss. Prospects coming in. Friday's the big day, the Ole Miss Elite Camp. And, of course, for your entertainment purposes, something to give you to something to, to, to give you joy while you're waiting on that September the 5th season opener. Mike Bianco's baseball team and the incredible job that those guys have done brings baseball back to Swayze this weekend for an NCAA regional. The Rebels, 7 o'clock, Friday night, play the Utah Utes. Dave, what, a, what an opponent. Ole Miss Utah on the baseball diamond. The Utes getting in this thing two games under 500 by virtue of not only their regular season Pac-12 title, but they earned the automatic berth by winning the Pac-12 conference tournament on Sunday. I did a little looking into the Utes yesterday, and uh, pretty good uh, Friday night pitcher. After that, they look like they kind of get averaged a little bit, at least as far as arms go. But some exciting baseball. Boston College, Tulane, also in town this weekend. Winner moves on to a super regional opposite the Miami bracket, and you're probably going to be looking at a trip to South Beach to play the Miami Hurricanes. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I look at the, uh, like you, David, the uh, breaking down the uh, regional, you know, I've read the board, and, and you know, and, and it is, I mean, stats, don't lie, it is a very tough regional, but I, I do believe, you know, it's a very winnable regional for the Rebels, and, and, and I base that upon of what, you know, Ole Miss has done, you know, to help boost, you know, their, their RPI and, you know, uh, in, within their strength of schedule. They, they've played uh, some very talented teams this year, knocked off some very talented teams this year, uh, two of those teams are, you know, were national seeds selected in Louisville and, and LSU. And then you look at their run in the SEC tournament, uh, Ole Miss, uh, you know, defeated uh, then-ranked uh, number four South Carolina and number six Vanderbilt. They, they stayed in there uh, all the way to the eighth inning uh, against Texas A&M. And, and Ole Miss is, you know, they're, they're connecting very well uh, at the plate right now, um, the bullpen w- was used up uh, a lot, you know, during the uh, first couple games of the SEC tournament. But, you know, with with giving them a uh, solid week's rest, you, you have to feel that 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 will be uh, rejuvenated. A couple questions that that I've seen on the board, I posted it on a uh, in, in a in a quick topic once I found out the information. Didn't get a a lot of views because there was so much action going on the board at that time, and I wanted to clarify a few things of questions that that some of our subscribers had. Uh, you know, uh, the biggest question heading into any game, David, is you know who's going to be the starting pitcher. Mike um, Bianco in his interview after the NCA uh, regional selection, uh, he he said that you know he he it's for sure uh, going to be Brady Bramlett. Also. Uh, Henry Lartigue uh, in, in Ole Miss's uh, semifinal game against Texas A&M in the SEC tournament. Uh, late in the game, uh, he uh, 
what was reported a mild concussion. He exited the game, and, and that brought in uh, freshman catcher Nick Fortes to uh, uh, complete the remainder of the game. Uh, of course, any time a concussion happens uh, just in any sport, you have to go through the, the concussion protocols and, and the testing. Uh, Bianco reported uh, yesterday that that uh, the, the testings, he, he uh, came back great in, in those testings, and it, and it looks uh, promising for him to be out on the field, uh, Larty, on Friday. It was kind of interesting uh, that uh, all of that popped up during the course of the game Saturday uh, when, in fact, it did. Uh, Ole Miss noticing that, that something just wasn't quite right with Henry Larty. You get a, a very rare pass ball from Larty, which I think is kind of what sparked them to go out there and, and check on him. And he had been, he had taken several uh, hits to the head, blows to the head behind the plate uh, you know, from some fastballs throughout the course of the game and heads up to the Ole Miss training staff for, for noticing that and, and doing the right thing and pulling, uh, you know, not only one of your best defensive players, but also one of your best bats out of the lineup, uh, safety first for these players. And uh, you've got to respect that. Um, again, action gets underway Friday, Friday afternoon at three o'clock, actually, as Boston College and Tulane will play here in Oxford. The nightcap Utah and Ole Miss. Saturday's action stacks up like this. You're going to have the elimination game at 1 o'clock Saturday afternoon with the winner's bracket game at 5 o'clock Saturday. And then basically what you've got is whoever wins the elimination game on Saturday will play the loser of the winner's bracket game at 1 o'clock Sunday afternoon. And then essentially what could be the championship game at 5 o'clock Sunday evening. Now, You will not play three games a day in this, no matter what. So if the unbeaten team were to lose to the team that advances to the championship game Sunday, that would send this action over into Monday. It's not like the SEC tournament where it doesn't matter if you've lost already and it's a winner-take-all scenario. This is a true double elimination tournament. So if the unbeaten team loses Sunday evening in the title game, you're going to set the stage and do it again Monday night at 7 o'clock. Now, it's important to remember because the SEC tournament, obviously, set up differently. Day one is single elimination, then you have a couple of days of double elimination, but once you're down to four teams, it's all back to single elimination, and it matters not that if if you have lost prior. That's not how this works this weekend. True double elimination, so you could have a champion emerge on Sunday. It may be Monday. And, again, the winner of the Oxford Regional paired up with the Miami-Florida Regional. And uh, a lot of Ole Miss fans have kind of been sore about that. Miami, a number two national seed, or a number three national seed, I think, which would well, essentially, you know, if you just kind of use logic there, mean that the NCAA Selection Committee paired Ole Miss with Miami because the Rebels were the number 14 seed, which would certainly leave you scratching your head. Uh, but uh, logic is not always the uh, roadmap that these selection committees use when they're pairing things up. I'll be honest with you. As I sat there and watched things unfold on Monday during the selection show, and I saw uh, Clemson and South Carolina paired with one another. I believe it was also uh, Texas A&M and uh, TCU regionals paired with one another. And they had yet released where uh, released the pairings for Mississippi State and Ole Miss. I just knew. I absolutely knew Ole Miss was going to have to go to Starkville. 
That's how that's how I thought it was going. It was trending that yeah. way. Oh, they're putting these traditional matchups together. Ole Miss will have to play a super regional in Starkville. So before you complain too much about them sending you to Miami, maybe maybe they didn't want to send Ole Miss to Starkville for the super regional, which I think probably most Ole Miss fans would be very happy with. Not now, so now, you know. go ahead. Now the way that they. Now the way that they got the bracket set up, David, is uh, if both Ole Miss and Mississippi State were to advance in the super, uh, past the super regionals and move on into Omaha to the World Series, Ole Miss and Mississippi State would be playing each other in their first game in Omaha. How about that? What a way to yeah. start things off in uh, at the College World Series, and that is putting the the cart way in front of the horse right now at this point. Uh, I, I like Ole Miss's regional, but I want to tell you something. Mississippi State, with Cal State Fullerton being in that in that regional down there, listen, Cal State Fullerton has had success in Starkville, Mississippi before. They've won two regionals in Starkville before. Mm-hmm. I, they scare me if I'm a Mississippi State fan. Um being down there. Now of course this regional here, listen, the team the team I think in Oxford that uh Ole Miss fans should should beware of Tulane. Mm-hmm. Green Wave, they're good. They're very very good. But I'm kind of like you. I do like how the Oxford Regional stacks up for Ole Miss. Of course, you're at home. That's always a good thing. But if I'm Mississippi State, I'm 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 really having some concern about Cal State Fullerton, um, a team that's been in Mississippi before and emerged victorious on, on a couple of occasions. So lots of uh, lots of baseball action, and uh, it's just become normal here. You know, and, and we've got to say something about Mike Bianco, and I see this every year. Every single year, if the Rebels hit a wall, uh, the message boards start to burn up with, well, it's time for a change. We need to bring Dan McDonald in here. I, it's time, you know, he's been here too long. Listen to me. Mike Bianco is, is an outstanding baseball coach. Mm-hmm. And baseball's one of those game one of those games where you're, you're you know the ebb and flow is going to be up and down. But it amazes me how quickly some get frustrated and they and they have to vent those frustrations and then and not be patient enough to wait for the big pitcher. And the big pitcher for Ole Miss baseball, look, they're ranked number six in the nation right now. Forget about the NCAA seedings. This is the number six ranked team in the country. No one had those expectations, I don't think, for this program at the beginning of the year. They were picked low in the SEC West, if not dead last, if I don't, if I'm remembering correctly. Mm-hmm. It was low. There was not a lot of respect for this ball club before this season began. All of a sudden, they're 43 and 17. They're hosting an NCAA regional. They were one win away in Hoover from playing for the SEC tournament title. This is a team that is is, is to be reckoned with. And you see what they can do when they get hot. That was impressive for them to knock off Texas A&M and College Station, Georgia and Hoover, South Carolina and Hoover, and Vanderbilt and Hoover all in a row. And really controlled the game against Texas A&M until the unthinkable happened and Wyatt Short blew up. Never, mm-hmm. would, have, never would have thought I would have seen that. <laughs> Me neither, David. And nobody hates it more than Wyatt. What happened? Fierce competitor. He'll have plenty of opportunity for redemption as this postseason carries on. But my point being is Ole Miss, 
uh, it might be Anchor, had similar success in the sport of football that he has put forth on this university in baseball. There would already be a statue in the plaza outside the Manning Center to him. Mm-hmm. And if he takes them back to Omaha this year, somebody needs to start a fund or have to name something after him. Because he's had a 16-year run here in Oxford, Mississippi that's unparalleled in the history of that baseball program. Yeah, I'm a, I want to add on to that, David. You know, just not just looking at what he's done in 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 the past. I I, just, I also want to show how impressive it is just what he's done. You know, this season. You know, as you mentioned uh, at the beginning of the season, I mean, Ole Miss was just just about uh, ruled out. They did not start hot in in SEC uh, play. Two, two, uh, and in, two and six. Two and six. And then and then you look throughout the season. Look at how much rotational change he had to do throughout the the season with the lineup. You know, Earl bounced back and forth from the top to the bottom. Uh, you're talking about your weekend rotation had had it, it's it, you know it rotated throughout the season, and you know still here we look at you know they were ever so close at and they had a very good case in obtaining a national seed. You're talking about a, a, a 40-plus uh, win season, uh, the regular season finishing out with 40 wins. That, that that was only the fourth time in school history, and and all of which, you know, had came under Mike Bianco. This is the seventh Oxford regional and in, in, in the history of the program. All seven of those have been under Mike Bianco. It, it, it almost seems as if, you know, there was you, you question did baseball actually exist, you know, before Bianco uh came, you know, but it you know, he has done a lot for this program and, and like you said, it you know, to me too, it, it irks me to like the you know, needing a change. You see those tossed around, you know, through, throughout the years and, and I just I don't see uh how you can defend that argument. Well, I don't think it's much of an argument to make. Mike Bianco has, has been a wonderful thing for the Ole Miss baseball program. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss counted upon the national elites now on the college baseball scene, and they have been for for a long, long time, for the better part of a more than a decade, under his stewardship and leadership. And uh, they're going to reap the benefits of all of that again this weekend with a regional in Oxford. A huge economic impact on the on the Oxford community and and. You know, Ole Miss fans right now, they need something to feel good about, and Ole Miss baseball is giving them plenty of that. So uh, this weekend's games, uh, everything televised, ESPN televising every single game in the NCAA tournament, that is amazing. I can remember as a kid and trying to even watch a football game on television. You know, you just if your team was on once or twice or three times a year, you were doing good. The rest of the time, you had that radio crunk up and listening to it if you weren't lucky enough to get to the stadium. Now, everything is on TV. SEC Network, ESPN3, combining to uh, put the entire Oxford Regional on television. So if you can't make it to Swayze or you're unable to get a ticket, because I'm going to tell you, those tickets are going to be hard to come by this weekend. Mm -hmm. Uh, you can certainly cheer them on from the comfy of your living room as everything on television. 
uh, Ole Miss has announced ticket plans we, for this uh, regional, and you better act fast. We've got a story posted up. Uh, it's out front uh, for uh, ticket information. Ticket office was closed yesterday due to Memorial Day, but it is open again today. Priority deadline for season ticket holders is today at 5 o'clock. And here's the deal. Everything is opened up for this. So if you want to drop 200 bucks, you can watch it from the luxury suites this weekend. Um, you know, the, the NCAA runs basically the entire stadium, so there are no reserve seats. doesn't matter where you sit during the regular season. The regional is, is totally different. So uh, telephone number on that, 662-915-7167. If you want to call and uh, reserve your tickets, purchase your tickets for this weekend's <clears throat> Oxford Regional. All right, that's going to do it for us today on this edition of the Rebel Rise Live podcast. As always, I want to thank Dave Bevan for all the hard work he puts in to produce these podcasts, and he does an excellent job. So, Dave, thank you very, very much for all, thank of, you. all, all of your thank hard you. work on that. And for Dave Bevan, I'm David Johnson for 247 Sports. As always, thank you so much for allowing us to be a part of your day. And hotty toddy, Ole Miss fans. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.